everybody my name is James D Fiore and this is blackball okay the other day I was sitting in the library and I was working and I saw this man come in and he comes in once in a while and as soon as he came in and he started asking the questions that he normally asks when he comes in I immediately was like verklempt <laughs> I was really sad. I was like, oh, I was all like filled with like bubblies and emotions for this man. And I realized that I probably like probably had a little bit of the blues or something because but this man is is kind of special. So he's like 90 years old and he comes in and he has a mission and his mission is to read all of the same books that his recently deceased wife has read so that he can feel closer to her while according to well as he puts it while she's in heaven and there was a book that he requested um the other day that was uh it's i think it's it's a non-fiction book and it's something like um to have i think it's called to heaven and back and this man is just his his entire rest of his life is is dedicated to his deceased wife and I, I thought it was beautiful and then sad as hell and then it just threw me off threw me off for the rest of the day. And then I was like, I should do one of those mental checkup shows. Um, but it's I swear to God, this show's not gonna be about my sadness for a guy in the library. I think it's important that we once in a while just come back to mental health because we we often say that we're supposed to talk about it and we say that we say all the right things surrounding mental health, but then the doing part I think is always a little bit trickier. I think people are still uncomfortable when other people approach them with their mental health problems. And I kind of understand that too. So I wanted to do another mental health checkup just to see how everyone else is feeling. This is not a show meant to like counsel you or trust me, please, please do not take any medical advice from this show. <laughs> if there's anything that I can promise you, you're not going to get um, stellar medical advice. But this would be sort of like the the type of show that you might want to listen to just in case you're having your own issues just to hear other people talk about the subject period so to do that we are going to have people cycle in and out today and we are going to start with friends of mine his name is george easton and her name is jen waddell exhaling some sort of substance as we speak nicotine hi, not cigarettes hi guys hi george how are you? George, are you stairmastering right now? What's going on here? Oh, uh, well, while the podcast is about mental health, I also have to take care of physical health as it affects mental health. Right. And, um, you know, part of a kick to my mental health was my 40th birthday when the doctor said, hey, man, you got bone spurs in your hips. So the more you stay inactive, sitting or standing, the worse they get, the more your legs move. Well, they're never going to get any better, but they, at least they won't get worse. So, what are bone spurs? The only bone spurs reference I've ever heard in my life is how Trump 
got out of uh, <laughs> going to serve in Vietnam? Well, they 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 appeared to be like little tiny hooks, uh, you know, at the at the end of the bone. It kind of almost it, it almost looks like it's fr- like a frayed string uh, if you're looking at the line or whatever. And and you know, he's like, you see that? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what what I'm what am I looking at? Just cut to the chase. And uh, so then it was this or a bicycle. And um, these are like, at least I can speak uh, better when I'm just like on a bicycle. It kind of, the camera has to be on else they wonder what I'm up to. Oh, okay. <laughs> breaking news. Yeah. And also we have breaking news from Ryan, who's the bearer of good news um, uh, or sad news in this case that Lisa Marie Presley is dead. Is that true, Ryan? Is that, is that what we're, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really know her, but I'm sad for her family, <laughs> I guess. Um, she was one of those people that never aged. Did you notice that? Like, she was, she looked exactly the same when I was seven as she did when I was, like, 38. You know, like, the exact same. And who else is like that? Fucking Eddie Murphy. Jesus Christ, did you see that guy at the Golden Globe? He's another guy. He doesn't age. Why, why, why do people, well, first of all, black people don't age. And it's just the way it is. Black people have better ways of aging than white people do. And if that's racist, then I guess that's not racist, right? To say that a group of people do things better, like age, it's not even their fault. Guys, can you stop with the dead air and say something? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's 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 equally not racist to say things like redheads burn more easily. Yeah, but they're also a genetic mistake, redheads. So there's a difference, right? Like there's a... What? It's true. What? What? We have hey, a lot of redheads in um, my family and Scottish, right? So even though like outwardly not redhead, inwardly some redhead DNA. And I am incredibly um, anesthetic resistant because of it. And people like dental hygienists and stuff always want to whisper to me. They're like, do you use a lot of street drugs? And I'm like, no. Yeah, and, well, yeah. So when any? I hit the C-section, I was very like pushy-wushy with the anesthesiologist because at the dentist, when they start drilling, you can be like, hey, ow, you know, but like when you're having a C-section, oh, yeah. once they start cutting you open, that's it. And I was like, I can still feel that just so you know. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to relate wow. to that. So I'm just going to smile and nod politely. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. Um, have you guys been, like, okay, I, Jen, it was you that, that showed me that silly thing that t- tell people what Blue Monday is. Blue Monday. Okay, so most people know about Blue Monday as uh, a New Order song, which is fun. I love New Order. Many people do. Um, But Blue Monday was originally created, I think it was Sky Travel in the UK. Uh, I think it was in like the 70s or the 80s. And they did scientific research um, that uh, said that the third Monday of January is the most depressing day of the year. Um, so the idea is that, you know, everybody's getting their Christmas bills. There's the post-holiday hangover. Maybe your resolutions kind of have gone by the wayside a little bit. Things are gray and cold and all of that kind of stuff. So it, it sort of makes sense. It's complete bullshit. Like there was no scientific study done. Uh, and I know this. So that's part of my, the kind of duality of my personality is like, I know it's bullshit, but at the same time, I feel like I can use it as like an excuse. (laughs) Um, So if you feel like crap right now, also Mercury is in retrograde. It was a full moon in Cancer on Friday and the wolf moon of the year. So if you feel like a little granola, there's all kinds of reasons why if you feel like shit right now, it's not your fault at all, baby. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
Mercury is in retrograde? What? Mercury is in retrograde. Okay, so people who know a lot about astrology and are into that level of woo, I just think it's a bit of fun, but you know. It's I'm fun. into woo, but it's Wu-Tang Clan, so it's not really the yeah, same. D- yeah, woo with two O's instead of the U, yeah. Um, oh, right. So Mercury retrograde, I'm, I'm not sort of super into it, so I couldn't explain it the way an astrologist could, but the way that Mercury appears to be moving across like the big zodiac wheel it looks for these brief times like it's going backwards. So yeah, backwards the idea is, right, is, is just about the right word I would have used to describe anything that's astrological, but go ahead. Yeah. Then why did you ask? Because I would like <laughs> to challenge you on this um, to see um, to see if you can convince me that. I mean, no, you know what it is? Okay. Uh, uh, first of but all, I think it's bullshit, too. It's just a bit oh. of fun. Like, oh, okay. So the idea is that communications are bad. Um, if things are going to go wrong, you shouldn't make any big decisions, you know, kind of stuff like that. So whenever anything, like, inevitably fails at this time, whenever it's happening, I'm like, well, Mercury's in retrograde. So, like, there's no hope. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, kind of a convenient excuse. I wanted to sort of uh, start off by switching gears from what maybe we normally talk about this and this is more like a free-for-all again i just want to say from the outset this is not a show where that you that you tune into so you can get really great a really good handle on your own mental health issues but it really is just to witness other people talk about it um i've noticed that uh, I, i've talked to a couple of people recently who had issues talking about it with their spouses and and a couple of people also one person uh who had an issue when his wife talked to him about it because th- people don't know how to receive it or put it into somebody else's sort of wheelhouse because it's, it's difficult to tell people especially okay i sometimes feel guilty for feeling depressed or anxious because i'm a western white guy whose life ain't that bad and it makes me sometimes gives me pause and i'm just like well wait a second am i Am I just being one of these like spoiled, privileged little babies that are just, you know, and um, often I think, yeah, and it gets, it gets me out of it. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but it does. It, it, it's sort of a vehicle that I've used to sort of be like, okay, what am I doing? You know, um, but it's been, it's been interesting. But anyways, the switching gears part, when we see people like Kanye West and Jordan Peterson in the news for saying some of the things that they say, knowing that they have mental health issues are we kind of hypocritical as a society you think by the way that we attack people like that rob ford when he was alive people who have addictions people who clearly have mental health issues do you think that we are just you know attacking people because they're politics and ignoring what we shouldn't ignore i'll go to you first george uh no i mean i I think that it's the same. Okay, so my sort of response here is I think we all kind of recognize that we're all both good and bad. And, uh, and that that thing that causes that visceral reaction, uh, when, when encountering another person, be that a like or a dislike, is always just what you see in them about yourself. It is never actually about them. Those, the, you know, when they say it's all about first impressions, well, first impressions is just how good you are at reflecting the mirror that the other person you're meeting wants to see. <laughs> That's what it's about, right? And so when you are like, when you for no reason are like, I hate that politician, it's because there's something about that politician that reminds you of your shadow that you don't like. And so I think that 
that nature of of how we're all good and bad like the, the reason why the, the culture and the, the ethos we're in is all is all sort of like hypercritical and like that is because it's 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 because we're all feeling like shit and we and 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 we're projecting the shitty feelings on everybody else because of the isolation and all the other things it's not real like projections are not real other than really how we're feeling inside and so what we think of other people is really just that right jen i wish that i felt angry about any of those things i wish that i felt like fuck that guy about it because i never feel that way about it very rarely um i usually feel like oh like I, I said in 2020 that the weirdest part of this whole experience and it has been very weird was that i have a deep and serious concern for kanye which i never had ever before <laughs> yeah sure. it's like i feel so bad that this poor man is going through whatever he is going through which is clearly a lot um and i don't know much about this i like people make celebrity references and i'm like because I don't really know. I'm not paying attention. I don't know. Um, but like, I feel bad that all this is happening publicly. So imagine like how shitty we all feel and sometimes how like kind of shitty our behavior is because of how we're dealing with how we're feeling. Imagine if all of that was like on somebody's TikTok account and then people talking about how much they hate you. You know, like I, I can't imagine what that would be like. And oh, yes, let's cry for the poor celebrities. But there's nobody sort of close enough to them in their life to be like, hey, we need to do something about this. You know what I mean? Or nobody who's in a position to do so. So it makes me feel a bit grateful that I have a lot of people in my life that are like, hey, calm down, you know, yeah. as much yeah, as I kind of don't want to hear it. There's that fine line, right, between um, <clears throat> bad mental health and bad behavior. And I feel like Kanye just dances on either side of that often. <clears throat> but also, um, just in real life, like the, in, in the library, I guess it was like two weeks ago, this guy came in. And I never thought I would ever meet someone like this in real life because A, I thought it was a hoax. Um, and B, and this is something that Ashley Lindley um, sort of spotlighted a little while ago, last year, I think. The people that were like taking advice to do like things like urine eye drops <laughs> and to consume urine. I know it's, it, it's hilarious when you read it online, but then I had a guy uh. come into the library and he, he um, you know, we offer printing services and he printed off this thing and I have to go get it all the time. And I just took a glance. I normally don't, but I just took a glance down on it. And I, and it was like a, an official looking kind of like document that was like um, urologist, blah, 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 know how for blah, blah. And it was basically like telling people how to ingest urine to make themselves feel better. And I, and I stopped and I, I didn't want to. And then I just did, and I said, listen, I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I just took a little glance here. Don't don't read this and think it's real. Please don't, right? And he's like, well, what? and this is where it got like, this is where it went from funny to like, oh, shit. He's like, I don't know what else to do. I've tried to commit myself. I've tried to like, I've tried to talk to counselors. I've tried to talk to a, a, a therapist or whatever, and no one will listen to me. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? He's just like, I want to fucking kill myself. I want to die. He's like, I, we have new euthanasia, uh, euthanasia laws, and I don't know how to access them. No one will tell me. And I saw this on the internet, and this is supposed to apparently um, help take away my, my urge to die. And I was like, buddy, this is intended to fool you to, into doing it. 
there is no basis to say that ingesting urine, and I can't believe I have to say this out loud, which is what I'm saying in my head, um, will, 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 will be anything other than, you know, uh, an additional, you know, crutch for you. And he's like, but they've been using urine to like, um, to, to do things in the medical, whatever, for hundreds of years. And I'm like, that's like pissing on a thing when a plant stings you with a spine or something. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not about depression. It's not about, no one's going to be healed with urine. I never thought I'd have that conversation out loud, but when he left, I was just like, I can't believe that, like, the, the internet has created such a weird thing to human beings. Like, that kind of thing would never have happened in, like, 1986. Do you that know what I mean? That is patently untrue. Really? In the Go yoga community. Tell me in why the I'm yoga community. No, no, no. In the yoga community, it's been a thing ever since yoga came to, like, the West. Because the yogis have been yeah. using urine in healing practices for thousands of years. Yeah, but 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 it's topical. It's not fucking ingesting urine. No, right? ingesting urine, drinking urine, your first urine of the day. I knew Just people give me who another reason went, to hate yogis. But go ahead, go ahead. That's rude. Uh, um, <laughs> you're t- <laughs> but you don't have to. Like the piss drinking isn't mandatory. Like it's it's okay. You can choose to participate or not, just like everything else in life, right? But um, when you go, if you go and do your yoga teacher training in Bali, um, if you drink even like one drop of indigenous water, like native to the place where you're staying, as opposed to like your like microbe free Evian, uh, you can get what's known as the Bali belly where you will have like the worst diarrhea you will ever have in your life and your tongue turns black. That's how you know you have it because you like go to brush your teeth and you've got like hairy black stuff on your tongue. And you can go to a local hospital and pay cash, very expensive for like a hospitalization, or you can drink your morning piss. And I definitely have a couple of people in my close yoga circle who like drank a cup of their own wee first thing in the morning and it made them better and stop having explosive diarrhea. I am not a scientist or a doctor. I do not advise that anybody drink their own pee and the thought of it makes me sick. But um, apparently it tastes, apparently it tastes like um, if you put butter on a penny apparently these are very hydrated butter, like vegetarian are you yoga talking about? people <laughs> i know you know I mean, what the worst thing is is that every single yoga instructor i ever met smoked like a chimney every last one of them yeah, yeah. so it's okay we take, don't judge does anybody else have new life Judging. goals now for retirement like i'm thinking like a small little hut in bali and it's called urine luck <laughs> and <laughs> gross that's actually when I first um, really fell in love with Ashley and Ryan was when um, they were talking about the pee drinkers on Dean's show and uh, the video made Bonzi throw up. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we could have another one in Bali. It'd be owned by the Irish and we could call it pop of the morning. <laughs> oh God. I've never, I did my yoga teacher training in Toronto. You know what I mean? Like we, I didn't travel far afield because for exactly those reasons, like I do not travel well because I am a big time anxiety sufferer. So like I have to stay awake on the plane to keep the plane in the air, you know, <laughs> it's that kind of level yeah. of anxiety when I fly. So I was like, no, no, no. Are you anxious because here. you, are you anxious because of the circle of friends that you hang with? increases the probability of you drinking urine is that why you're anxious when it's you been drink? a long time since i've been like in like the yoga community but i had to unfriend a lot of them community. during the pandemic because wellness people were very vulnerable to all of this like don't trust the vaccine and it's poison and urine. you should have 
drink the well you know I, I don't know but as soon as there was a lot of like don't put the poison in your kids i was like unfriend unfriend we haven't talked in years it's fine you're not even going to notice like it's not a big deal but yeah there's a lot it's there's a lot of crossover in the two communities between like the dirt people and the people who want to drink the wee and the people who want you to drink chlorophyll and stuff like that so of the three choose chlorophyll <laughs> chlorophyll i can see at least right like yeah, at least it makes sense um, <laughs> what do you guys make of this? Is this will make for an interesting conversation because I, I found um, the pandemic uh, create was something that um, I didn't think I would see happen, at least not with public health, which is that it polarized us even further. And lately, I've been watching the news, and I've been watching some hearings in Europe, um, and I think one in the United States, talking about how the data. Uh, for the vaccines um, were misleading, uh, talking about how the um, the side effects for the vaccines were, and this is this is this is what I find really interesting. So there are uh, there are people that have had um, side effects that have caused death, and and side effects that haven't. The problem that 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 I think that a lot of people are having is that. One side, the let's say it's called the anti-vaxxer side for the purpose of this conversation, we're like ringing the alarm for like hundreds of thousands of people are dead, and that was clearly wrong. And then the other side was like, what deaths? Which was also clearly wrong. And I think that a lot of people that watch as much media as I do are now like starting to at least come to the come to the conclusion that the vaccine was probably rushed out. The um, the side effects that happen with the vaccine were a lot higher than anyone thought, except for the anti-vaxxers who thought it was a lot higher than it actually was. Um, do you think that we are going, and this, this is a question that neither of you might not know the answer to, but maybe I can make it more broad. The idea that we're in two camps, and if you say one thing, you belong to one or the other, I wonder what that, that does to our ability to think freely. George? Do you know the what I'm saying? The idea that we're in one of two camps. Yeah, when you take the vaccine specifically, that issue, and the idea, I know you're not one of these people that likes to be in one of two camps, but just as an overall, um, for the purpose of this conversation, when you look at society and you look at people as communicating with each other as if they are in one of two camps, sometimes out of fear, well, I don't want them to think I'm an anti-vaxxer if I start criticizing the vaccine. And then the other side, you know, because they don't want to, um, they don't want to make it seem like they're betraying the principles by saying they're so pro-vaccine. But do you know what I mean? Like, and now we are seeing news reports that kind of like, not vindicate the one side, but shows the people that are pro-vaccine that maybe they should have like at least um, not waved the pom-poms so much and maybe just started to have more of a critical eye. It is such a difficult issue because nobody is a health expert or an expert on vaccines. But so when I'm seeing... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, you, you've, you've brought up a massive can of worms, uh, which, which may, you know, certainly alter the, the, the course of the rest of this conversation, I suppose. Uh, however, um, I think that I like to sort of sidestep the vaccine, like the, the pro or anti vaccine question altogether, because I think people take that choice or take that position quite personally. Uh, and so it ratchets up reactivity very quickly when discussing sort of the gross outcomes of the pandemic in a more critical way. And, in, and rather, I, I, I prefer to look at 
the leadership question uh, in in all of sort of the world countries, I suppose you could say, and, and take that route. And I think that, especially for liberal democracies, we put our leadership, and, 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 and especially in representative liberal de democracies, we, 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 we vote a representative in to speak on behest of so many of us, and we empower them to, to make the, the hard choices that we don't necessarily need to know all of the gross detail on, but we need to know that the gross detail exists. And, and so when they come to us and they say, we didn't want to do this, but we have no choice. We have to do this. And we're all going to shoulder the wheel of whatever the fuck this happens to be. And they're, wa they're wagering many of our futures or at least massive changes to our present on this direction that now we as a people, uh, be it whatever jurisdictional size that grouping may be, now have to come together as a community and shoulder I think for many of us, we all want to work for the greater good together. And we all need to trust in the faith of our system of representative democracy that, that, they're, that they're following in good faith the, the powers that we've bestowed in them. And what we've come to find is that, in fact, all of the talks of we're doing this because the science, follow the science, follow the science, in these past two years, virtually nothing has held to account. And, and the fucked up part is, is it's, it's, it's not whether or not if the science was there, would you support the vaccine or not support the vaccine? It's the simple fact that so many shifts to all of our fabric of everything we understood were, were done. And we were told the facts were there by everyone in concert that the, that the facts were unequivocal, that they were absolute. And then now we've seen lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit come to bear that in discovery, there's, there isn't any proof, any science to back the, the, the travel blockades or any of the things that were the rot of our mental health, of our economic collapse, of just- Even China. So many, so Even many China right now is like, uh, they're like, um, what do you call it? Fort Knoxing their, their, their civilians. And they have been, sorry, for like the last six months or something like that. They've been basically quarantined them and they've been limiting movement and all that. And their rates have skyrocketed. Their, their infection well, rate. But now, now the cat's out of the bag. So they've had to change course of policy in recent days or whatever. But I mean, like, but, but, but this is the point though. It's like, so when we see citizenry getting into this, all these insane fights and families breaking apart and friendships long and gone, you know, and so on. We're fighting over the personal choices of how we're reacting to the, the, the situation that we are of the powers that we're bestowing into these people who are telling us they have the truth and they all have it. And all the leaders of the world have it as well, but we, the peons can't have it yet. And it's too serious and it's too much of it. And so there's, there's 500,000 pages of it and we got to leak it. We have to give it to you very, very slowly. And judges overrule that and go, no, we gotta, you've got to give it to us faster than that. But it's still, there's too much of it that we can't give it to you first. Just follow us, follow us. We're going to do all these changes. And then two years later, three years later, it doesn't even matter what your position is on the vaccines. All of the policy shift, all of the financial shifting and everything that has come as an outcome of the pandemic came with out any evidence yeah I, 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 fight I about all the rest of it. no go ahead james no i was just gonna say that i i 
it, it is difficult even talking now about it because I know that some people are hearing some of the things that I'm saying, some of the things that George is saying, and thinking to themselves like, what are these rebel news guys or something? You know, because that's the way we're programmed to think. One camp or the other. But I, I, I am very like, especially in the last week, been like laser focused on these stories about um, some of the uh, some of the negative side effects of the vaccines. And I'm looking at my sources are like the Guardian. <laughs> I'm not looking at like these far right wing sources, and and it's. I find if someone asked me a question the other day or, or I was talking to someone on Twitter. I can't remember what it was, but I, I remember saying that the, if you wanted to really kind of like simplify and boil down the difference between one box and the other or the right and the left or whatever you want to call it, it's that the right, especially the people behind the scenes to move their people, it's often inflammatory and disinformation that often moves those people. I'm not saying all of that information is that, but if you want to move those chess pieces um, and you are the powers that be behind the scenes, it's usually disinformation um, that light a fire under them and mobilize them. On the left, though, I was, I, I was like, what is the equivalent on the left? And then I realized it's the social engineering need of the left. It's the, the powers that be behind the scenes on the left are not really much into disinformation as much as they are into, like, this information probably has some truth in it. But it's what we want to do with that information that we really want you to do. And the social engineering thing. And the easiest thing to think of is the cloth mask thing. And I know everyone's tired of it and I don't really fucking care because I still think it's one of the most ridiculous um, sub-stories of the entire pandemic. Was that cloth masks are virtually useless. They are virtually useless. And our medical um, establishment and our public leadership didn't want to say that because they were more interested in the social engineering aspect of it in case you know it might have helped by like a percentage but the problem was is that they knew at the time that they were saying that they helped that they actually didn't have any data to support the idea that it helped and so that that part of the left i find to be just as annoying and repugnant as that part on the right that that relies on disinformation but what does it do I mean, to us but what does it do to us <laughs> what does it do to us if we do nothing about the precedence that's just been set? We've just witnessed massive government shift without any evidence to back any policy. And that shift was done without any, I don't know, recourse. I mean, yes, of course, Trudeau did print all kinds of money and throw all kinds of money at small business owners. And I will confess to say that there was a time during that pandemic when I was like, hey, this is cool. <laughs> I've got, I, I'm self-employed. I've got a bunch of employees. I appreciate the free money. There's no question. I loved that for them in that moment because we can all be easily seduced by those things. But big picture, like we have to have a governing capacity or, or, or structure that is, that is empowered to, to use the actual information, the truth, that is in real time, those types of decisions, they need to be empowered to do that. And we must have a, an ability to unequivocally trust our government. But when our government is so evidently intertwined with other governments and, and multinationals like, like big pharmas and, and all of governments in concert are writing their indemnity in the same exact time and place, 
it, there is some weird thing going on there that is a gross undermining to every country's sovereignty and democratic principle. And Jen, I'm going to go to you just in a second. I, I just want to just want to point something out for the people that are commenting. The what ha, this has to do with mental health, in my opinion, is that we have been experiencing something that none of us have ever experienced before for the last two years, and I am just taking a big piece of that last two years um, vaccine and the way the government handled the pandemic and relating it to how the citizenry as a whole have sort of reacted to it. It's not a reach, I don't think. I think uh, one of the biggest untold stories of the pandemic was how mental health was severely impacted. And we can't just say it was severely impacted by the pandemic. We would say it's severely impacted by this part of the pandemic and that part and this part and Jen's rubbing her face. So I'm gonna go to Jen. So please, Jen, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Not to be glib. But do you think maybe that's why we all feel like shit? (laughs) Why? (laughs) It's 100%. Yeah. 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 So a a couple of things. I'm going to take it back a little. Um, First of all, I, I, my background is theater and and presentation and, and things like that. So what I really wish had happened was that instead of our healthcare professionals who are magical people, who do wonderful things and were trying to build the plane while they were flying it at the beginning of all this. And it's easy to look back and be like, that was bullshit. Yeah, but maybe they didn't know that. It's the nature of science that things are always evolving. But what I wish had happened was that somebody had hired a real life Olivia Pope to stand at that podium, somebody who could speak and somebody who we could put our faith in. And I love doctors and nurses, but uh, customer service and PR is not their job. So watching people stand at podiums who didn't have a lot of presentational skills, who maybe took like a two hour media course or something like that while they were at med school, um, try to kind of stammer their way through and try to explain very complex new science to those of us who don't understand it. That's part of my thing about like documents and really, yeah, but none of us know how to fucking read that anyway. So what difference does it really make? Yeah. Because you can say, oh, this line means this, but that's that's a tactic that both sides use, right? And then you read the line and you actually do a little bit of just even layperson research and you're like, oh, that's bullshit. So I, well, I'm not, yeah. I really don't want to, you know, and I sat at my kitchen table and sewed cloth masks for every fucking buddy that I knew who needed one at the time with the sewing machine and I did it. And at the time before we had so much mutation that it was, unbelievably uncontrollably airborne the science that they had at the time which was limited i mean hey like it's easy to look back and be like you fucking like you know what i mean like my parents are british so i had this really naive blitz spirit at the beginning of all this that we were going to pull together as as a species and this was going to be humanities (laughs) i know what a fucking idiot right no no, but here's the thing though if someone were to ask me before that what would bring this planet together i would have said two things one would be alien invasion, alien right? Invasion, and the other one would be every way. And the other one would be a mass health crisis that where we would all have to be all we're all in this together. Nope. Now I feel like if the aliens come, that someone's going to give ET a Trump hat, and we're all going to be fucking fighting over the aliens next time. You know, like. And part of the problem is, is that we're all so on edge, and so full of all of these yucky oh, yeah. feelings that we're all having that we want to see people punished. We want to see justice, as we call it. We want to see the other side proved wrong and my team proved right and everything else. And it's division, 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 division. 
I also I'm going to say the same thing that I've been saying since all of this started and my faith in humanity was shaken and like I just decided to just really drive to the bottom of the well of depression. Uh, I wish COVID ever so slightly ruptured the blood vessels in your eyes. I've been saying it since the beginning. I know it sounds like a really gross goth thing to say, but if we had like, if this starts to happen to you, you have COVID. Undeniable symptomatic. Smallpox had it. Measles has it. You know what I mean? If there had been like a boom signpost that was undeniable, we would, we like all of this would have been. Like antennas. Antennas would have been a cool side effect of COVID. Because then it would tie, into, it the whole 5G, it would tie like, into the whole 5G thing with the whole antennas and The nature and of this virus has always been that some people experience it very brutally. Some period, people experience it very mildly, even before the vaccines. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. That in and of itself, like I've, I've been dealing with anti-vaxxers for a really long time. Again, health and wellness, right? Because Jenny McCarthy says they cause autism because she's fucking qualified. Do you know how many people didn't vaccinate their children because of that? It was more because Lots. of Robert Kennedy Jr. But I got to okay. if, if I may say so, I'd like to talk just very briefly about that, because I, that that's an interesting story that I think is remarkable. He didn't it's even have autism. Stories- it's it's one of these stories. Jenny McCarthy's story is one that I thought I would never be fi- find myself intertwined. Okay, hold on, George. Up- careful, okay. Careful how you do this. George is about to say something that's going to make a lot of people go, "What the fuck?" But you have to do it in a way, George. You have to set it up. You have to make sure that you do it the right way. Okay. I'm just I'm just trying to protect you. From yourself. You're trying to protect me. Okay. <laughs> All right. This so, sounds very uh, juicy. Well, it's it's a weird story. Anyway, it's a weird story because. I, I like. I will say I'm. I've never been really one, especially in my earlier years, to have given a shit about that whole story. That whole like, I was aware of this Jenny McCarthy thing. I was aware of this anti-vax movement. I, I but I confess to say I didn't know a lot of detail about it. I just sort of thought like, oh my god, you got to be kidding, right? Like people are actually taking fucking medical advice from a like a Playboy model. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Of course, then later I, I, I have a friend who I obviously will keep out of this story who actually did take medical advice from, from a, a, we'll say not Jenny McCarthy, but Ellen. And I'll get back to that in a moment. And then... Plot thickens. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, so then fast forward like a few more years and, uh, you know, I have kids and I launch a a business. And I, again, I don't really want to make this about my, me or my business. And I certainly don't want to find some weirdo out there listening who's going to dox me or whatever. But 
I end up for reasons, professional reasons, involved with a, supporting a, a certain technology that brings me into, into involvement with a, with a company that manufactures a medical device. And as a result of their, their medical device that they manufacture, uh, they attend uh, a lot of different trade shows. And of course, I'm a business management consultant. I work with uh, sales and marketing technologies, uh, you know, stuff like this, automations and business process for them. So I go down to this. I'm invited to Dallas to this conference where they're attending as a trade show vendor and they would like me to, to observe them at the, their, their booth, how they're engaging with the audience and, you know, and what have you, as well as scope out the rest of uh, this kind of a trade show and, and, and observe ways in which we might be able to improve their performance at it. Okay. Just gross generalizations. And as it turns out, this trade show is about, um, autism and various, and there's the different sort of groups and factions and so on of thought and treatments and all these other things. There's, so there's vendors, there's thought leaders, there, there's probably protesters. There's a whole bunch of different people there. Um, cause it's so for lack of, I'm not making no pun intended. It's a spectrum of the spectrum, I guess. <laughs> so as it turns out, uh, Jenny McCarthy is, is one of the keynotes there, along with a whole plethora of other doctors. And so I'm like, all right, fine. I can't believe I'm here. Uh, this is sort of weird. And I'm, and I'm expressing to my friends and my spouse that, like, you know, I can't believe I'm doing this. But, you know, I, I guess I'm going to have to because of work. So I get into the big room where Jenny's talking. And <clears throat> I'm going to get off my treadmill here. And she says, uh, you know, so how many of you in the room today uh, are here with your kids and who have who have autism? And of course, all the parents put their hands up. And she says, well, how many of you are, are here and you 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 have not just a memory, but like evidence, like video evidence of your children being one way for a number of years and then being another way for, you know, ever since. And the entire room puts their hands up. And she goes, how many of you think that I think that vaccines caused that? And the entire room puts their hands up. And she says, how many of you think that I think that because you saw me say that on TV? And the entire room puts their hands up. And how many, how many of you saw me say it on TV? The entire room puts their hands up. She goes, okay, now let's watch what happened on TV. And she plays this clip. And this clip is 32 minutes long. And I watched the entire thing. Now, what anyone watching on TV saw was three and a half minutes maximum on the show of Oprah and on Ellen. And what I saw, and then what I then saw when they replayed the clips of Ellen and Oprah, nowhere near the same conversation. What she's saying to them is like, look, so um, basically there, we used to have all these biological uh, organics in our, in our boosters then this legislation happened in California where we went from organics timed over several years, like we continue to do in Canada, into a single super dose of chemicals where we're not allowed to see what happened in there. And while I'm not saying anything about my, you know, the entirety of vaccines, what I'm saying is that there is an observed difference between the super dose and these vaccines. Every kid should have vaccines, but 
we as parents should have the right to have the same organic vaccines that have been proven to work rather than forcibly taking the single chemical superdose vaccine that we no longer have a choice and the amount of duration of time on the study was never enough for it to be you know considered in any other state except for here where for whatever reason the lobbying of big pharma was able to break through on the democratic house and so all of that was taken completely down to the edits of no it was just vaccines and it's all taken completely out of context now obviously i'm i am myself paraphrasing a 32 minute show down into the last 2 minutes myself so i'm doing my own terrible job of paraphrasing but what i'm telling you is is that she then spends the rest of the day on the on the show educating everybody in the conference that she is absolutely not anti-vax that this has been entirely a setup from the onset and that she's been going around from trade shows trying to get back on the media to actually correct the record and she's been blackballed and no show will have her back because they've got the sound bites from her that she wants and that's the the point was that all that she was saying was that the things that are if it ain't broke don't fix it the only reason why they were trying to fix it was to squeeze more profit and process in the state of California but it hasn't been adopted everywhere else and that's when vaccine injury has a proven spike in her opinion and i'm not i'm not corroborating her opinion i'm not a doctor i know nothing about it all i'm saying is there's a very different position between the actual real and that which was propagated everywhere in the media but my my and that sucks like it sucks when you you get badly edited and it's not what you actually said and and things like that i I'm like that sucks how dare you make me feel empathy for jenny mccarthy but now i do thanks george <laughs> um, <laughs> but i think the bigger point and and this is is pre covid and up to now is why the fuck do we care what jenny mccarthy has to say well they wanted to create an ability to have a narrative to discredit people based on vax or anti-vax because they were planning to vax why does jenny mccarthy go on ellen and give her medical opinion on anything oh she explains this actually because but i mean why do we care what celebrities have to say about medicine is my my greater underlying That's exactly, she actually, she actually asked the question rhetorically to the crowd because she was like, why would anyone think I have any business being on these shows talking? Right. But she explains that what she, what the, the, the way in which this came to be was out of a feeling of helplessness. She's a, she's a, a, well, she's a divorced single mom who's just figured out that her kid has now got autism and she's, trying to do everything that she can to engage with all, all of these other uh, ma- uh, you know, maternal communities to figure out what are the ways in which that, you, know, you can handle this? How do you cope as a, as a parent of a kid with autism? And as she started to connect with other parents and share stories and so on, she started to understand a commonality. And yet everyone was saying, no matter who we say, no matter who, who we report this stuff to, nobody can do anything. Nobody, no, no doctor seems to want to take us seriously. Nobody ever wants to listen to us. How can we get a voice? And Jenny then said, well, the only thing I actually know how to do is to offer a voice. And that's, and that's all she thought she could do because after years of, of feeling like she was failing as a mother and just like couldn't put it together, 
she finally found a community who was who was themselves just like in a in a tailspin. So she brought her only power to bear and she stuck her neck out for everybody. And she was completely blackballed. Nice name of the show here by the whole world. And then it created this legitimacy of vax and anti-vax. And now, as soon as the pandemic comes, we're now pulling out that card, the trope of Jenny McCarthy. She's become a media trope. Yeah, I, I, I would kind of agree with that. Also, um, it was actually really, it was alarmingly easy to believe that vaccines caused autism like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. It was easy. Jenny McCarthy's child doesn't have autism. Okay, let's get off that. Let's get off that. Let, 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 let's stay on the. Let's stay on the. <laughs> and now the autism community is furious because of all of this. Okay, but let's get off that though. But let's get off that. Also, to do with how you go in and out of the. We're not, but, of, uh, but it's of, not really a Jenny McCarthy. Thing. I don't want to get distracted by that. Like I, I understand the greater point of the of the thing. But I, I want to go back because it is kind of a show about mental health. And I think that the, uh, the that when people were anti-vaxxers before this pandemic, I think it, I mean, I know it had more to do with Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, spending about a decade saying that to people. And if you listen to him speak on like CNN in like the 90s or whatever. You walked away kind of thinking maybe mercury inside the vaccines, maybe the antigens uh, did cause autism because it seemed plausible. It did not seem wacko at the time. There wasn't a huge like uh, push against it. And then so you then you, you take all these people and, and I've had I've said this before that I have sympathy for the people that believed Robert Kennedy Jr., I have sympathy for anyone that is motivated to protect their kids into believing something and to get those uh, parents. I don't know if they were hundreds of thousands of parents or millions of parents, whatever, to get those parents to then reverse what they have been thinking already for a decade because someone's like, it was a hoax. It, that was a tall order. That, that was a really tall order. And I... I have a soft spot for 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 people that um, believe that, and and I gotta say, like this um, this pandemic and this vaccine, the way that it has impacted the way that people think or not think, is sort of the same. I started off by the show by saying that we are seeing things coming out that are making um, some point. First of all, no one is ever 100% right or 100% wrong. So I don't care if you hate the convoy protesters and the anti-vax. It doesn't matter to me if you hate them. Um, as time goes by, they are less wrong than they are than they were a year ago. And they just are. There, there is, um, I heard someone uh, say in the comments earlier when I mentioned that there are more stories coming out about people who are injured by vaccines. That just happened yeah. to be true. And, and then when someone sticks statistically beside it, it's like, that doesn't mean that, that there are not more instances of people being injured by vaccines. That just means that you're saying, well, let's go by percentages instead of amount of people. Sure. I guess well, so. Fine. And, let's go by. But, but it's still more people being injured by vaccines. And the social engineering side of our society, the media and government, don't want to talk about those stories or didn't until very, very, very recently. And, and th that, I think, is fucking people up. <laughs> I think our minds are a little fucked up. Go ahead, Jen. Well, Jen, I, I want to say ahead. something that I think is sort of interesting okay, a little bit, only because okay. I have a uh, personal um, you know, effect. As, as, as the last time we did one of these podcasts and you were talking about mental health, um, you, you, 
you know, you, 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 you had a reflection on sort of some of, um, I guess the, 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 the footprint that I have, uh, I've dealt with in my family life and so on. And so I realized like, it's one of those, um, uh, what do I want to say here? I think I actually lost my train of thought. I was about to make a point about my brother, but I'd forgotten what it was. You have to, you have to let me come back at that for a moment. I'll, I'll have to gather my thoughts. Okay. Jen, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I think that as with mental health, there is a point where there is no point in trying to help each other see things from each other's perspective. I'm all for civil debate and everything else. But my problem right now is that we are collectively trying to just ignore this horrifying experience we've all been through. However, it impacted your life because it's impacted everybody's. We are burnt out from the emotional baggage of it, of having to carry the weight of it on top of everything else that we're all carrying and the worries that we're all carrying. So the fact that we're all just kind of collectively being like, it's over, life goes on. Well, <laughs> is it though? <laughs> well, the weird part okay. is, is that when, when infection rates go up uh, versus when, when they're down, life honestly doesn't change for a lot of us. Like if it, it just doesn't like, I mean, I don't wear a mask anywhere anymore and it's not because I have a political agenda. It's just because I just, I just don't like, I, 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 have had COVID. Um, I'm, I'm almost positive. I had COVID the first time in the end of 2019, which apparently makes me a conspiracy theorist, but I think that COVID we got was really here. sick at the end of 2019 too. And we were like, hmm, every single person that I know knew at least two or three people that had pneumonia in, in the fall and winter of 2019. And it's just like, Oh, was this a big coincidence that a pneumonia-like illness basically, you know, infected half of us? I think that it, it depends where you live because when infection rates rise here, I ride the subway and I work in a very busy place. So that yeah. makes me a little – like I can, I can easily talk to 200 people in a day in a busy day at work. So, you know, it depends. My kids go to public school in Toronto. They ride a school bus that is poorly ventilated, like all sorts of things, lots of concerns. But I'm not even talking about infection rates and things like that. I'm talking about just like where everybody's at right now. Like, yeah, okay, mm. we're worse through the worst of like lockdown and vaccines and then all the shit that politically went on and everything else. But now we're all dealing with like, holy shit, I can't afford to buy groceries and like yeah, things that you know are not like the light at the end of the tunnel is is flickering <laughs> you know what i mean it's and again the goalposts keep moving so i think that collectively where we're at right now is that everybody is at nine we were right. talking about reactivity right and and how mm. i've seen like grown men stamp their feet and scream at teenage girls in lines at tim hortons and be like what the fuck like everybody is just about to snap all the time. And it like I work in customer service. If you work in retail, like you know things are different. Like the vibe is different now. People are mad that things cost money. And I get it. Like things cost money. The things I sell in my store are not cheap and it's easy to look at it and be like that's not worth that. You know what I mean? And it's my job to convince you that it is, right? So tricky, but people are mad. People are just angry and irritated about everything. And I think that, you know, everybody was like, "Oh, Christmas." And there's this sort of like every time there's a big holiday, people are like there's this desperate edge to like have Christmas or New Year's like we had before and like there is no like we had before anymore. And um that's why my mental health is bad. <laughs> you know, and and everybody I know, I was everybody's dealing with this and everybody's like, "No, I'm okay." I mean, I'm dying, but I'm okay. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. we've all just like the bar just kind of got lowered for where we exist at, like mentally and like kind of where we are inside our heads. And and nobody's nobody wants to talk about it anymore because you get to a point where talking about it isn't helpful. You know, it's like, oh, we're all just going to sing our same old sad songs about how we're sad. Well, it's also mm. a weird place to be into when you know that you don't want to bother other people with your problems. Right. And I used to do this all the time. I used to, I, I used to like reach out when I had issues and I think it, it, it kind of felt made me feel weaker almost. And now I don't reach out as much. And I, I feel like it's making other, other people receive me better. Cause I don't, <laughs> cause I don't reach out as much. Like I, that's what it feels like. Like, like, like they don't yeah, have to talk to dramatic James. Off. They can just talk to normal James and it makes everyone feel a little bit better. And I think, and I get that because I'm the same way. Sometimes I don't want to talk to people because I know that they're going to call me and talk to me about their problems. And then I feel guilty, but then I don't know if I'm doing them a favor or if I'm keeping, holding, keeping them down by giving them the ear. Like it's a very difficult like I feel the same way in reverse because my favorite thing to do when I feel like shit is to have somebody else reach out and be like, Hey, do you have a minute? And I'm like, yes, because I can help you with your problem. I can't fix mine in my head and I don't want to talk about it, but I can yeah. be with you. I'm not going to fix your problem and give you advice, but I'm going to hold your hand in the dark because it makes me feel better that I can be that for you. So that gives me a reason to justify my existence. It's like, well, I'm sad, but I'm useful at least, you know? Yeah. It's true, but it also gives it also gives some people the option to never ever work on themselves when they constantly have an array of people that they can go and obfuscate their problems away to, you know. Um, and I, I've and, told some of my nearest and dearest to shit or get off the pot in the last year, right? Because it's like it's the same problem over and over, and it's like I, I love you, baby, but it's the same problem over and over. I I think I've applied yeah. the same thinking that I've applied to like career stuff. Like I, I used to be the guy that's like, if something happened and I had an opportunity, there was like three, four people that I would call to share what the opportunity was, or maybe to ask advice. And it just like, and it just, I, I, and, and now I feel like if I ever did that, it would just like disappear into the ether, like the opportunity itself. And I think I've applied the same line of thinking to mental health. You know, like if I, if I start like, maybe just deal with it yourself and handle it yourself. And, and I think, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer is. I think it's you probably know, different for everybody. Go ahead. I'd like to just interject something. I was watching Chris Williamson's podcast the other day, you know, that really good looking sort of Kiwi guy or whatever, Aussie guy talking. He's, he's he, I, I think some of his stuff is actually really great, really great. And he did a, he did like a summary of some of his, the thing, the top 10 or 15 things that he learned from some of his guests over the last year. And I guess he had, and again, I'm poorly paraphrasing here, um, but I guess he had like a like a neuroscientist. Maybe it was Andrew Huberman on or something like that. And they were talking about how like the, the you get the same level of dopamine kick from talking about accomplishing something as you do from actually accomplishing something. Hmm. And so that's why often, I don't make lists. The guy who calls everybody, uh, you know, who wants to talk about shit is also the guy who never actually gets anything done. That's and right. It's I used to be that guy. It's because you're exhausting the, the 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 satisfaction in your brain too early. You're coming too fast, as it were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, and yeah. So so my partner's New Year's resolution, and I, I'm I 
obviously anyone who knows me would not argue with the statement that I'm verbose. Look, even that could have been said far more succinctly. Sorry, did you say so, talk too much or verbose? <laughs> <laughs> so, but so, you know, the, our new year's resolution in this house, which was odd that it's a shared one is, you know, plan less, execute more. Oh, yeah. see, just that statement makes me anxious. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Because if I plan it, nothing will go wrong, you see, because I can control the things that I can plan and execute. But I am a big well, planner and executor. I'm not the sort of plan. person who doesn't do stuff, right? So it, it certainly isn't don't plan. It's just don't. Don't plan. broadcast. Yeah, don't broadcast. It's sort of like keep your hand close to your chest, know your next three moves, but don't tell four people your next three moves because now the chances of you executing them are slim. I, I, I lived that. That was me. I swear to God, like I'd be like, George, sometimes it was you. George, I just got this thing. I just talked to this guy. Like this, I'm going back like yeah, a decade I, or I something. I remember the phone calls, James. Yeah. And, I, and, then, and then I would get off the phone and you know what the funny thing is? I would feel deflated, less inclined to do whatever it was that I told you I was about to do. Well, it's, now you've learned don't call your narcissistic friend. <laughs> I was going to say, George, are you like a shitty hype man? Like when somebody calls you, you got to hype them up. You've got to tell them what a badass they are so they feel like... George is not a good audience. He's not a good audience. He's, he's a good thinker. He's a good talker. But if I were to like, if I created like a new song or something, I wouldn't be like, hey, George, you want to listen to this? Because George would be like, interesting that is music like it wouldn't be you know that is such horseshit you know i i my earliest Come career on. was a booking agent for electronic arts and media you think i spent my whole life around musicians and artists it's that is such horseshit and <laughs> you being one of them like that, yeah. that's ridiculous All anyway right. okay right. let's we'll pretend that's true <laughs> well i mean like i think the thing that we need to remember is that like you don't knock on the door of the house of no compassion when you need support, <laughs> right? Like there are people that I don't want to talk to when I'm not doing well, because I know they don't want to hear that I'm not doing well. And they want to say things like, how's the anxiety? Are you feeling better? And it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't yes. want to talk about it with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? My talk to my mom, cause she's down in Florida. So she'd like every three days, she wants to check up on me. And I'm like, I'm fine. I don't want to talk to her about that because she's going to tell me it's a good kick up the arse I'm needing. And like, well, you need to be doing this cause she wants to just solve my problem for me. And it's like, this is why I don't want to talk to you about this. Cause it's way Sometimes more. Sometimes my nephew calls my number or my nephew message me. And what he's going through reminds me so much of me that it makes me not want to talk to him. <laughs> That's a bad oh one God. too. People who've no. known you for a long time will remind you sometimes of who you used but to be, and they still see you as that. And you're like, "But I'm not that guy I know, anymore." I, hate that. I have I, that I hate a that. lot. But the thing is, with my nephews, that I I, I want to help him, um, and and I think that he's going to be fine, and I love him. Um, but I I think uh, George, it was sort of like what you were saying before. The things that we don't like about politicians that we hate is that it reminds us of the shadow of ourselves. And with 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 my nephew. I love him so much that I don't want him to like he's only 30 31 or something and I just don't want him to waste like when I was 31 and 32 I wish I shit out of me and tell me to get get, get you know um on the bike of life and ride it properly and get those stupid training wheels off and don't be drunk and high all the time you know I wish I wish I had that um, would I have listened? I have no idea. But with my nephew, uh, he knows how I feel. He knows what my advice would be. And he'll tell me how he feels. 
And sometimes I just like one answer. I'm like, tomorrow's just an, an extension of today. Just, just think of tomorrow. I don't know what advice to give him because I feel like a hypocrite, you know, because even though I just went through it, the only advice I know how to give him is this. Whenever you feel like you want to give up, those are the fucking moments that you have to keep going or else life will give up on you. You don't even have to give up on it. Just keep going. Keep your fucking head down and get on with it. I, I've um, This podcast, in November, I think it was, I was about to pack it in. I was just like, fuck this. I don't fucking want to do this anymore. I know I, I'm, not, I'm not making any money from it. I don't really feel like satisfied with it. And then, I was, and then that very day, I was like, I'm just going to go against that, that you know, gigantic person in my brain that wants me to quit. And I'm going to beat the fuck out of that giant man. And then I went and for the next 30 days, I did like 27 podcasts and I fucking had the time of my life. So we had our biggest enemy. And this isn't a big surprise. It's more of a big cliche. Um, you know, our own worst enemies are is ourselves. Right. Like this is we are not biggest obstacle. George, would that, does yes, that ring true to you? Yes, superfluous e ego that we no longer really need anymore. Is all, I mean, every every mistake I've ever made, I, I had no reason to make it. <laughs> I was just like, hey, you know, like things are going well. I uh, I need something to do. So ego's like, I'm going to create a problem that so that I can have something to do and solve, which inevitably usually created more problems. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little train, you know. I, I think uh, it's interesting, and, I, and I'm sorry to talk more about my business. I don't mean to, uh, but, it, but this has come up recently. Um, I'm just you know, glad that you're not walking anymore because that was weird. If you yeah, had to do that, awful. You, wear, you were like, happy you new year. I'm, I'm exercising and I'm smoking. I'm like, fuck. Oh, well, can, you wear, hey, can you wear a sweatband yeah. or something next time you do that so that people understand no, that you're not riding a deck or something? There's you know, no like... Nobody thought that. Nobody thought, thought that. that. Just you. I thought that. Nobody thought that. George, yeah. is that is that nicotine or is that marijuana in that babe? That's marijuana. Oh, really? Back on the train, eh? You guys got Red back Bull. together. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a good Christmas. I was actually like, I don't <laughs> celebrate Christmas whatsoever, but uh, I I'm I do the solstice thing not because I'm actually pagan, but only because it was easier with the child uh split situation with max um so she gets them every christmas or every christian holiday i get them every pagan holiday the numbers are exactly the same and it That's makes beautiful. scheduling a breeze and also because we exchange children on wednesdays uh we never have to argue wait you can exchange holiday. children yeah you can you bring them in they they charge them up with the good juice and they give them back to you Oh, I don't want. Um, can they power mine down a little? <laughs> I need please? a tune up, but also a tune down, please. Yeah. My kids but, yeah, have no, a PA day tomorrow. They've been back I, at I school for four days. Had three weeks off, so like weed and I found each other again on those three weeks, and it was nice. good. You know, when the snow fell and we couldn't drive south on Christmas for my for my partner to see her family and so on. There was weed and board games and Stonemeyer. You guys ever play a Stonemeyer board game? If I'm going to make a pitch right now, James, for mental health, I would offer everyone should learn to play the board game Wingspan. It has wonderful expansions, including Oceania, Asia, and Europe. Does it have mind <laughs> expansions like LSD and mushrooms? No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and the video game plays very well on your eye devices. 
and it sings all of the little songs of the songbirds in the game. So it's I don't know. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really a competition. <laughs> I'm uh, proud of you, George. It sounds like you had a great Christmas. I started yeah. soaking up the atmosphere of my Scottish family and I started having like, you know, festive drinks. So then I started having like festive depression because of it. Whenever I uh, drink like more than like one glass of anything, the next day I'm like, hmm, sad. So I did that for like eight days consecutively while we were running around everywhere, taking the family places. So yours sounds much better. You know what made me angry during the holidays? I couldn't do shrooms, or at least I didn't think I could do shrooms because. I have four different strains and only like two grams of each. So in order for me to get high, I would have to take three different strains of shrooms at the same time, which apparently is really bad for you, really risky. And I'm just like, I might do it tonight, though, just for fun, just to see what happens. I feel like we all probably did that without knowing it back in the day, and we were okay. No, I don't think anyone of us did that because the shrooms all came in one thing and it all looked the same. These all look yeah. different. You know? Yeah, that's I true. I didn't always I mean, know what they looked like. Do you, do you remember when when weed was called weed and it didn't have a fucking name? Yeah, uh, like juicy and, and moose it didn't and stuff. Have, yeah. It didn't have other colors and there wasn't like it didn't have a backstory. Dude, weed yeah. looks like donuts now. I mean, honestly, um, the amount of fucking THC dusting and crystal like I, I remember getting shit as like you know a kid and going like, yeah, this is just weed. I don't know what it is, but it's weed. We should, well, then it we became hydro. Because it makes it sound so old. Like, so it became hydro. Old. It went from weed to hydro. And you always knew that hydro was like the shit that smelled like aliens cultivated it. And then weed was like more like your grandma's backyard. And it was like there was a difference in smell and everything. And, um, and now everything is hydro because everything is grown indoors uh, pretty much. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Oh, um, but dude. Did how many of us actually instantly like had this experience like I did, where maybe well, and I don't know, Jen, maybe maybe this just doesn't fit for you because of where where in the world you live, which I presume to be a greater or a larger city than where either J James or I live, right? So for me, lives in a larger city. I was always yeah. like a dude, just like give me some weed, let me roll my joints. And that's it. That's all I know, right? I'm still like that. I, go, I don't care what it's called. I don't care. Then I go off and I go get married and I, and I have some small children. And then finally, like, I come, I can sort of come back to like, yeah, I'm going to go and see my friends in Toronto and start to like enjoy the nightlife again. Cause my kids are old enough that I can finally have a fucking weekend away from them. You know, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what the Christ are you guys doing? And there's like this shatter thought, like there's like, everyone's like tapping on a nail. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did we turn into crack? <laughs> Like, when did that happen? And where have I been for like a fucking decade or two? Like, I, I don't look that old. Like, am I that old? What the fuck happened here? And, and I felt like I was just in a foreign situation altogether. Looking at my friends, people weren't drinking. They had like all this weird paraphernalia I'd never seen before. And they're like, yo, you want to try some of this stuff? It's like super weed. And I'm like, honestly, no. I, 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 I the last thing I want to do right now is like have a power whitey in the middle of nowhere land. Like I'm afraid of whatever the fuck you've done here. Okay. <laughs> Give me back my fucking bag of weed. And, yeah. and that's it. And Dude, I, I felt the same way when I accidentally over the summertime and actually it was really awesome. It turned out I, I, it wasn't too much, which really scared the shit out of me when I accidentally ate 500 milligrams of edibles because there was, 
Well, who fucking makes a candy with a thousand milligrams? Who does that? That's why I don't like edibles because I'm I I like I can't just have like one right. of something. So right? I like eat one. half of it, and you have to have like an eighth of a corner of whatever it is. I'm like, this is not a serving size. Like, no, no, I'm, it doesn't make any sense. I need to. I, I ate half of it, and I, it it was Leanne. Leanne's like. Oh my god! Did you just did you just eat that? And I'm just like, well, I didn't eat the whole thing. She's like, how much did you eat that? And I'm like, half. She's like, that's a thousand milligrams. And I'm like, are you sure? I thought I said a hundred. She's like, look at it. I said a thousand. And I'm just like, okay. So then for the next like half an hour, I'm just like, all right, this should be this should be really interesting. Like, and it was just, it was just me being really high. Like, I don't think I'm I, it, I'm capable of becoming white faced. Remember white faced. Which for white people yeah, is hilarious because we're already white faced. fucking whitey when you're just like, oh, oh, oh. Like no when you get so fucking down. high that you just get pale and you just want to yeah. die. Like that hasn't happened to me since I was like 20. Um, but apparently you can eat 500 milligrams, or I can, of, of edibles and, and not be white faced. So I, I don't think I don't think there's enough weed anymore to, to, to get people dead. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I kind of like, had the same thing like it, I've never gotten to a point where I mean maybe in like grade nine or something but I had the reverse when I came home from university every time I went to go party with anybody that I used to be friends with um, apparently I just got ultra hardcore at school because then they would like keep up with me and I wouldn't think anything about it and then they'd throw up or pass out in a field or whatever and I had to deal with that and they're like it was your fault I'm like it's not my fault you don't know your limit and don't want to like be not cool and say no. You know what I mean. So yeah. I, I I stopped doing that. You can't hang out with your high school friends anymore after a certain point. When you go away to school, it's like, nah, we can't do this anymore. Well, listen, guys. So, um, I know that that was supposed to be a mental health checkup, but uh, we we, <laughs> we meandered a little bit. But that's okay. Maybe I shouldn't title. Maybe I should always say black balls, mental health checkup, etc. With various guests, because maybe we'll. we'll so George is doing but... exercise and weed. That's what you're doing for your your neurotransmitter chemicals. Anything else? Where else are you getting your dopamine from these days? Give me tips. Uh, actually, I have one of those red lights, uh, those Ooh. big, huge red lights, the therapeutic ones. And uh, I love meditating on. I I, I used to use one. <laughs> here's my hips again. I used to have one of those nice little like yogi beanbag things. Of course, my cat's pissed all over it, and then I didn't have one for a while, so I was just squat doing the old like cross-legged on the ground, which was really hard on my hips. Then I found one of those exercise balls. Now nice. I'm all set up. So I go from this uh, to that, and that's where I get my get my dopamine fixes. That and, of course, I, I also just like all of the endorphin kicks. That's the other one that winter brings with all the shoveling. That one's good. Oh, shoveling God. is so good for the mental health right earbuds house music a little bit of weed get flow state going once you get into that like r routine and sweat going on i love that that is the best <laughs> way to just like ah, the worst day out there you go yeah. you sound like a what what's the question what are you where are you getting your dopamine from what are you doing to like give yourself a little buzz um sorry I'm not gonna ask. Sorry, never mind. I retract the question. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have a. I don't. I don't think I have any dopamine um, source. I mean, I, I still have an Adderall prescription that's active. It's just not something that I'm um, going to as often because I think it was a problem. But um, 
maybe the, I, I don't think I, I don't have really much going on in the dopamine problem in the dopamine category right now. I, I don't think I'm managing uh, my mental health properly. If anything, I'm probably distracting myself. I'm using distraction as a form of something. I don't know. That's why I'm having the show. <laughs> what about you, Jen? What am I doing? Um, okay, so stimulants are a problem for me with the anxiety because it all just gets worse. And I didn't really realize that if I don't drink coffee in the afternoon, I just have like no personality, but then I can sleep. So I've chosen no personality and no sleep, no caffeine after midday sucks huh. um but i made it midday because i started on january 1st of like noon was the cutoff but then i was doing like junky things like it was like 11 45 and i'd be like oh i better chug a liter of coffee but like gotta get it in for the deadline <laughs> like, and then i'd like drink so much coffee and like yeah. vape so much nicotine and then i'd have a panic attack and i'm like well this isn't helping <laughs> like, yeah oh. the thing about caffeine is that I, I, caffeine and weed are like it, it's another thing that I, I feel like i can do a million like i do i i drink two of these a day and and like four oh cups God. of coffee and honestly i never feel jittery you know every jittery. time i see anybody raise a can of red bull or like energy drink of any kind to their lips i feel like i have like a sympathy heart palpitation i cannot handle that shit at all even those like really high dose b12 energy shot things or whatever yeah I'm those like, ones Sing! i can't do like those ones i can't cannot. do they make my stomach all weird like you're talking about those little power shot things or whatever they're yeah. called yeah, yeah but you know what's good is the chinese ones they taste like raisin. I don't remember. I don't know exactly what it is, but it tastes oh, like raisin ginseng. juice. Yeah, yeah. The ginseng, ginseng the little vials. Oh, they're I used great. to like those because the little vials like felt kind of druggy. So when I stopped doing drugs, I was like, this is okay. It's good for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I kind of liked that. To me, it looked like little can, little bottles of Coke. And they had like foil tops on them too. It yeah, felt yeah. like real, yeah. Um, but then when I became a yoga teacher, like people used to be like, you want to do B12 with us? And they had like had syringes and were just like jamming each other in the thigh with like B12. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't good either. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. We don't have a sharps <laughs> container. Wanna, like, Do you want to do B12 with us? Right, See, like he me, was drugs. George, if, you ever said, if I ever said that to you, you'd be like, you have ecstasy pills? <laughs> Because that's what it would sound Dude, like. Honestly, right? if somebody, yeah, I guess you're right. Because then I just think you'd have like a stamp of a B12 on it that's or right. something like yeah. that. That's right. Did you guys ever do the oxygen bar back in the day? Remember in the 90s when that was a thing? No. Anybody? Just me? I mean, no, I remember I remember reading about that in a, in some DJ magazine and just thinking like, how douchey is that? You know, like flavor well, we air. We totally the, the did Zima, it. Like, the Zima of specialty bars. Yeah. You nice. look really stupid, and apparently my body was so used to toxins at that point in my life that the oxygen gave me a headache. They were like, it's supposed to make you feel buzzy. I was like, I'm going to puke. So <laughs> Quick, blow a cigarette, my face. Right? I think I just have, like, an antithetical reaction to, like, if you, if you, this is what's supposed to happen, this is what's going to happen to you, Jen. Like, it's just the way it always is. When I was like, it's twins, everybody was like, oh, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> this could only happen to you. That kind of thing. Right. And then we were like, oh, they have a rare condition. Yeah, of course they do. Like, it's just kind of one of those things. That's why I'm willing to blindly put my faith in all medical professionals in general, because I live in a state where I have to blindly put faith in medical professionals because of my kids and like what goes on. So mm-hmm. whenever anybody wanted to be like, are you going to vaccinate them? Because reasons. I'm like, actually, the head of the genetic metabolic department at Sick Kids told me it's cool. So I'm leaning into it's cool. Like I'm right. very comfortable with that, right? So no. Yeah. Well, okay, so do dopamine another... tricks. Yeah. Sorry, can I, I do it? More, can I? I, I know you want to go. Dope, okay. Dopamining. 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 Right? Dopamining yeah. is something that that is very common in the ADHD and OCD community, where like you get uh, like we were talking it's about. Not a community. Um, I'm totally alone. 
Sorry, go ahead. You're not alone. <laughs> you need to get on TikTok, James. You're not alone. TikTok keeps trying to TikTok. tell me I have ADHD. Oh, you should go on TikTok. It's fun. No, I don't um, want China to know where I am oh, for some reason. I don't know. They know China where doesn't I'm. care where you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. so dopamining is um, when you get a little bit of a hit from things like doing research or learning more about things that help. So anybody that's having like sad issues right now, research how you're feeling if that helps or if you think you have something going on like i was like what are the actual symptoms of seasonal um affective disorder because like it's gray and rainy and now it's snowing but um and learning about it and that's why like it helps when i'm feeling depressed or anxious because i can just sort of research a little bit about what's going on in my brain and then i'm like okay it's neurochemical and then i don't Hmm. feel quite kind of quite so enveloped in it um, look into face tapping. It makes you look nuts, but it actually is very face helpful. tapping sounds a lot different in my head. Hey, <laughs> gross! Never Just mind. Now I feel tapping? shy. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> anyway, tapping. Um, and anything that makes you feel like you want to take deep breaths is a good thing right now. So one thing that I've always done with my kids when things were getting too crazy, I'd be like dance party. And I'd like baby shark it up when they were little, you know, and just kind of get everybody dancing and stuff. And it kind of resets the room a little bit. I know. But my son walked up to me in that week between New Year's and when they went back to school and he went, mommy, do you need a dance party right now? And he went, hey, Google. And he turned on a song that we always dance to. And it turned out I really needed a dance party right then. So sometimes doing the thing that you don't want to do because it sounds stupid or you don't feel like it, do it anyway. I don't want to do heroin. Are you suggesting I do heroin, Jen? Not heroin. I was suggesting you dance (laughs) with your kids. Nobody wants to see me dance. It's just the white guy head nodding, leaning against the wall. Nobody's going to see you. Dance as if nobody's watching. That's the whole point. Dance stupid on purpose. That's always a good one, right? Because then you don't have to worry about looking cool. If if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. But like exercise. We're ending this podcasting. We're we're making James depressed. I'm just kidding. I'm help you, God damn it. Anyway. Okay. Um, no, George, I joking. could listen to you talk forever. George, can you tell me the name of the book that your wife recommends to her patients? Because I didn't ask you last time and I've been. Oh, Christ. Jen, there are there are so many. They're like lucky. she she I'd have to peruse our Amazon uh, book purchases because like they they the same copies, like she'll order like 15 or 20, you know, of the of each book every. So she's, she's one of those people. And I'm sure probably you both are as well, where you'll just devour a book in four hours. Whereas the last book cumulatively, I think I've read four books in the last 10 years, you know, that kind of a thing. It's just not my, my shtick, but so then there's like fucking boxes of indigo showing up and I, I don't really follow them too too much i mean the ones that were the were are very close to us are or to me anyways are like uh, the eckhart tolle power of now is is my bible for sure but uh and um but when it comes to uh there's like five books i, I want to say there's about five that are on regular rotation that she's constantly giving out of course eckhart's power of now is one of them and eckhart's other book the the a new earth is, I think is what it's called. New Earth or Scorch? Yeah, the New Earth. Anyway, uh, is the other one. But then there's and there's a workbook that sort of coincides with this. And then there's, I'll have to get you the reading list. I'll 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 pass it. Yeah, along. we'll take care of this. Yeah, send it we'll, to James. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. Um, George Easton, good friend. Jen Waddell, good friend. Thank you for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. And um, 
I don't know if that helped anyone, but Jen, you look happy, so that's all that matters. I always look happy. I know. <laughs> and, um, tomorrow's Have a good night, guys. Friday. George, don't ever apologize for being verbose. I could listen to you talk all day. Don't worry about that's that. That's true. George, um, uh, we have Casual Friday tomorrow, so if either of you want to join us for Casual Friday, it's usually a pretty fun night. Um, let, let me know. And until Speaking then, we'll see you next time. I'm going out dancing tomorrow night. On exciting time. Did you just fucking night interrupt night. the outro? Sentence? I did. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were doing your outro. I'll shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll see you next time on Black Bolt. <laughs> just kidding. Love you, Jeff. Black Bolt. Black 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 Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at BroadcastDialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.